When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Welcome to Stumps. Yeah, good afternoon. Welcome to Stumps. Great to have your company this afternoon. The last show for the year, New Year's Eve. How quick does 2016 uh, go? Uh, Jack Crawshaw in the chair uh, this evening after what was a a massive Boxing Day uh, test match at the MCG. We're going to talk about that as we go throughout the show. Plus plenty of Big Bash, of course, which is creating so many headwaves. But yeah, great to have your company wherever you may be listening uh, this afternoon. Alongside me, former Victorian, former Australian leg spinner, Bryce McGain. Hello, Bryce. Hi there, Jack. Great to be here. A great show I lined up for you uh, too. Coming up in this uh, first hour, a big game of Big Bash tonight between the Adelaide Strikers and the Sydney Sixers. We're going to hear from Johan Boiter from, or both are from the Sydney Sixers, uh, which is huge and it's great that he's been able to give us some of his time only, what, a couple of hours before the game uh, starts there in Adelaide, which is uh, which is huge. Uh, plus much more coming up in the first hour of the show. But um, let's get into the, the test match, uh, the Boxing Day test match. Did you think it was going to end like that yesterday, Bryce? I, I did not think. That was going to play out that way. No, when uh, Pakistan are still batting their first innings, uh, having won the toss and elected to bat at lunch at the third day, uh, no, I, I certainly didn't expect that. And uh, it, all, all intents and purposes, it was heading towards a draw. But there, there was something that, that really shifted, and that was the Australians' mindset. They kept believing. And I think this is a different group now that, that have that belief that they are a young team and they just follow the plan and away they went um, Pakistan really set themselves up for failure I think because they, they allowed Australia to continue to score easily yeah. yes they were stopping boundaries but on such a good wicket uh, they, they weren't even attacking the stumps, no batsman was really under pressure, they could keep just rotating strike and hitting the ball to sweepers and keeping the runs ticking along, they were going along at 4 and 5 and over without even trying and then when they put the foot down in that last morning was when things sort of exploded and and Pakistan went, oh, oh, hang on, this has got out of hand, yeah. and now we've got to go and bat, and how are we going to do this? And <laughs> it all just fell apart for them. So I think they, they can take a fair bit of responsibility um, for the position they put themselves in. So purely mental state, do you think that collapsed yesterday afternoon, or was it some really good fast bowling that was the undoing of them? Certainly some good fast bowling. There was a, a touch of that at the top, um, and certainly wrapping it up, it, it's hard when that ball starts reverse swinging, uh, with, the, uh, with the quicks doing such a good job. But the key to that for me was Nathan Lyon. He had all the pressure on the world on his shoulders. Yeah. It, I think they'd already selected a team and a squad the night before, and I don't think he was in it. 
I honestly don't think he was picked in that. They were looking for the other spinners. Yep. And I think he, he went out there, and it was his last-ditch effort. He He's had a lean time of it, and it just to me, it doesn't seem like he's got the trust of the captain at times. Yep. He, I think he's bowled less overs. Certainly the quicks have bowled a lot of overs, but they've bowled a lot of overs because the captain's had them on. Like yep. Nathan Lyon could have bowled in, in, in a lot of the games coming through it. The Gabri could have bowled some more, and certainly the MCG at stages. And you know, on that last day, he got the key breakthroughs. He took... He had three for 20 at a stage and and removed their two best players out of the team, albeit they were the veterans and the best players of spin, but he was able to take those wickets. And that really broke it open for the quicks to go and do the work Just later on. To elaborate more on that point, I mean, he, he sort of, even when he has given him the ball, he's ripped him off really quickly too. I mean, he, I'm guessing as a spinner, and, and you know a lot more about it than what I do, but you want to be able to... to work your way into some sort of rhythm, not just bowl for five or six overs and, oh, you're not doing the job, so I'm going to pull you straight back off again. And that's what it seems like at times with Lyon. Yeah, it, and it has been. Yeah. And so what's, what Nathan Lyon's done to counteract that to stay on is to try and bowl defensively. Yeah. And so to do that, Nathan Lyon's been bowling flatter and quicker, and it hasn't worked. And there's very good reason why it doesn't work, because it's easier for the batsman to know where the ball is going to land, and they get into position easy, particularly players from Pakistan who've grown up playing spin, and, and they've been able to work the ball around. And also the South Africans played very well against him yeah. but he, he needs to have the support of here we go this is how we're going to attack and it was when he was taking the pace off just a little bit that it became more damaging and he needs to be encouraged to do that more. Uh, we're here of course all thanks to uh, VB who is a great supporter of this program. Uh, Victoria Bitter celebrates the greatest moments in cricket history with 10 limited editions cans this summer a Victoria Bitter for a hard earned thirst and we might talk about one of the uh, VB moments uh, a little bit later on uh, in this hour of, uh, of the show but um, so now they've they've picked this squad for Sydney uh, of course which starts on on Tuesday quick turnaround obviously Ashton Agar uh, comes in and so does Stephen O'Keefe out goes Nick Maddinson uh, and uh, and also um, uh, name uh, Nick Maddinson goes out and so does Oh, his name has escaped me. Who that second place goes out of the side? Uh, Chad Sayers, of course, yeah, is in the yep, squad. Yep. Sayers is in the squad. Uh, so he goes out as well. But um, it's a strange selection for me. I mean, because you're obviously looking to either you're going to play three quicks and two spinners and have five bowling options, or you're prepared to back Agar at number six as your all-rounder, and then I'm not sure how they work that out. No, I don't think they can possibly do that. Ashton no. Agar averages 24 in shield cricket. Yeah. Yes, he made a great 98 on debut, batting at 11, but as a number six for Australia right now, I'm not so sure. However, they, they may very well blood him in that position again yeah. and, and just see what happens. Uh, they've wrapped up the series, and maybe they're thinking it's time to experiment a little bit, but they do need some support for the quicks, or they need to put a bit more of the load onto onto Nathan Lyon and the other spinner, which uh, is likely to be O'Keefe, but obviously Agar's in there with a... He's in the squad, so he's he's just a, as much as a chance as O'Keefe. So you think five bowling options? That'll be the way they they I, could possibly go? I suspect they'll, yeah. they'll want to go that way. Uh, and... Yeah, I, I suspect they will. So it may mean that um, Matthew Wade, who's not really in that great a touch with yeah. the bat, he may need to bat up at six and then have that, that, that all-rounder batting at seven, which is which is a bit disruptive. But I suppose with the top order performing so well in terms of Warner, Kawaja, um, Renshaw is due again. Like He, he does need to bounce back and get some runs yeah. um, and, and continue on uh, where he started, I suppose. Uh, you know, And we've seen Hanscom in, in white-hot form and playing very, very well. Spinning wicket up there at Sydney, that, that'll suit those players, uh, certainly suit Hanscom. And, uh, you know, I don't want to leave out the captain as well, Steve Smith. He's 
peeled off his yeah. third 1,000 run test season. Second, so, yeah. second player, I think, to do that in the history behind Matty Wade, uh, Matty uh, Hayden, Hayden, I should say, yeah. the big Queensland. I think he did that five years in a row between 01 and 05. Uh, so certainly he was either walking down the wicket, Matty Hayden, and slapping blokes back over their head the quicks, or he was down with the big long levers and just sweeping the swim the spinners. <laughs> he sure was. And uh, look, to, to be able to do that... Uh, over a three-year period from, from where he started, where we see Steve Smith, he was a leg spinner batting at eight, and uh, and then he sort of found yeah. his way to where he has. He's he's worked out his game. He understands how he needs to bat well. The big step across is to get his head in line with that off stump. It's working very well. He wants the, the bowlers to bowl into his legs, and some of them are falling for that. Then they bowl too wide, and he puts them away. So he's got a great plan working. At this stage, uh, no opposition's really unlocked it. Can I ask you about Pakistan? Miss Burrell Huck says in his press conference yesterday that he's not certain that he'll captain or play in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and that's only a couple of days away. Um, once he takes his time to go away and think about it, sh- surely he can't just pull up stumps and go, look, three days before a test match, I'm out. Surely he has to see through a series, Bryce. It's happened before when uh, some players have come here. We've seen <laughs> Graham Swan just go, look, I've had enough. I'm out of here as yeah. well. So we've seen it before with players in Australia. It can be a, a, a tough tour. And particularly if you're not in great touch, and he's not in great touch, he, he's uh, and he's probably feeling that and feeling responsible as captain. And so he's, he's maybe thinking, well, the series is gone. Uh, maybe it's that opportunity to hand it over. And, and the best thing for Pakistan cricket to move forward is for me to step aside. Yeah. So he, he would be thinking in that respect. He wouldn't be thinking from a selfish point of view or, or even going, oh, gee, I, I can't handle this anymore. It would be in the best interest of the team. And he's done the he's done the hard yards oh, yeah. as Mizbah. Him and Yunus Khan have done the hard yards through the time when those young players weren't quite there. And now, probably when the fruit is coming, uh, he's going to probably step away. Which is yeah, well, he's into hard. his forties, and uh, yeah. you know he's the oldest uh, cricketer going around at the moment uh, in any international team. So he, uh, yeah, look, it, it probably is time, but it's probably. Uh, not really fair, I suppose, in some respects, you know, um, two-thirds away through a tour. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to a break uh, here on Stumps. Uh, when we come back, we're going to catch up with the Sydney Sixers, uh, Johan Botha. Uh, of course, they play tonight. They take on the Adelaide Strikers. It's the big New Year's Eve clash at the Adelaide Oval, which gets underway in a couple of hours' time. We're going to hear from him next, right here on Stumps. Full pitch and bang! Bang, bang, bang! It's gone! You're listening to Stumps. Listening to Stumps. Yeah, welcome back to Stumps. Great to have your company this afternoon on this New Year's Eve. Uh, Jack Crawshaw and Bryce McGain in the chair. Uh, now, uh, big game tonight in the Big Bash. Uh, the Sydney Sixers and the Adelaide Strikers going to play in front of a jam-packed, absolute jam-packed Adelaide Oval, which is going to be huge a little bit later on uh, tonight. Uh, we had the opportunity, Bryce, to catch up with uh, Johan uh, Boiter a little earlier. He gave us some of his time just a couple of hours ahead of this uh, Big Bash clash. Let's have a listen to our chat with Johan. Good day, guys. Hey, thanks for chatting. Much appreciated. Um, the other night, firstly, against the Scorchers, that was pretty handy from yourself at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to, to, to be there at the end and uh, you know, finally see the game through um you know in the modern game you get quite a few chances and you know you're a bit disappointed when you when you don't take them so it's nice to finally you know be there at the end when you shake hands and the sydney sixers uh a bit of a mixed start but uh look to be getting some form now 
Yeah, we've been a little bit up and down. We obviously had a good first game, really good first game against the Thunder. Then, you know, the Hurricanes really outplayed us. We were probably never in the game there. And then, you know, we bounced back against the Scorchers. So I think for us, it would be nice to, to try and get two of those games in a row. You know, go go well tonight and, um, you know, get our, get another win. That would be nice. Um, you know, on the strikers, they've, they've never lost a New Year's Eve game. So, you know, they'll be up for the occasion. And um, you know, it should be a good game. Do you feel a bit of pressure going back to your old club, and uh, where you've had it? You, you know, you had a big, big say in uh, what was happening there, and uh, a bit of pressure there. Um, I think it's a little bit easier or better this year. You know, coming back last year for the for the first time with the New Year's Eve game, um, probably felt a lot, a little bit more pressure than today. But you know, today I'm I'm feeling pretty good about my own game. Um, I've had good preparation leading into Big Bash, and I've had a uh, you know, a decent start. So, you know, my own game's in not bad order. And so hopefully I can just, you know, go out there, focus on what I need to do and uh, you know, us as a team to, to get the two points. Hey, a couple of selection questions, Johan, for tonight. Nick Maddinson, does he come in? Obviously not being included in the test squad. Uh, yes, he is in Adelaide. So I'm sure <laughs> the guys will try and definitely try and find a spot for him. He's obviously a very explosive player. He's, he's done well at the Adelaide Oval in the past. So... You know, I'm sure, you know, our guys, uh, you know, Greg Shepard and uh, Moses will, will definitely find a spot for him. Uh, and also Jason Roy missed the last game, I think, with a back injury. Is he recovered uh, to play? Uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> when I left training yesterday, he was he was looking okay and he was hitting the ball pretty well. So, you know, if nothing's gone on overnight or this morning, then uh, I think Jason should also be good to go. Hey, what about the Doug Bollinger beard? Uh, now, does that, <laughs> does, that, does that scare you every time you see it or what? It definitely scares me. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, you know, the Ashley moment of bowling, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I like but, it. Uh, yeah, no, Doug's gone, uh, he's gone uh, the opposite way. So, yeah, he's, he's a great character, obviously, in our team. Um, you know, everyone around the around the cricket world, loves him. And, um, you know, he's great to, to have in the team for us. Uh, he's still bowling pretty well, so, you yeah. know, that's very handy for us. No, he certainly is. He's a fiery character, and uh, when re- he's always charging in and n- not afraid to drop the ball shorter as well. And so that would <laughs> probably be in his plan tonight. But um, just looking at the, the run rate there, you have been smacked around with the run rate, and in such an even competition with only eight teams and, and four getting through to that semi final, it, it's going to be critical in the end. So, is that an important aspect that you've uh, spoken about uh, in the preparation for this game? Um, I don't think you can focus too much on Bryce. I think you just on the night have to, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, if you can, you know, put the game away, bowl a team out, or, or really try and chase it down a little bit quicker. You know, then you you have to sort of take it. But up to then, I would say for the first 35 overs of the game, you just have to, you know, do your best to to get to two points. And um, you know, if you, if you win five or six out of out of eight games, you should be in that playoff those playoffs anyway. Yep. Um, but you know, when you're around four wins, then it does become you know, a crucial factor. So I think for now, you know, we just want to focus on our, on our little road trip yeah. you know hopefully do do the business tonight in Adelaide and then obviously a very tough game in Brisbane you know those guys are, are hitting them hard at the moment so <laughs> you'll have to wait and see what happens there they, they sure are that's a dangerous outfit but uh, right under your nose is tonight and uh, the Adelaide Strikers who are the players that uh, have come up in your team meeting the, the key ones that you need to control oh we we know that Kieran Pollard is always a, a you know crucial player he wants to perform and be on the big stage. Uh, he's had a quiet start, so you know if we can keep it 
quite for another game. That would be great for us. Obviously, Brad Hodge has got a lot of experience. Um, and then Ben Dunk's come over from, from the Hurricanes. So, no, those are three of their batters. Um, I think they'll definitely miss Richo tonight. Um, you know, he's out at the moment. Yeah. And um, I think they're bowling. You know, if, if we can play well, we can have a good platform. We can, you can really, you know, put their bowling under pressure as the game goes on. Um, Chris Jordan's obviously one they'll look to as one of the quicks to, you know, try and, you know, pick up wickets and, and keep the, the game under control. But, um, you know, I think if we can bat well, we can really put their bowling under pressure. Johan, both are from the Sydney Sixers, is with us uh, here on Stumps. Uh, there's been a fair bit, Johan, made of uh, your Australian citizenship now, fully-fledged Aussie. Congratulations on that. Uh, and there's been plenty of talk about higher honours and whether you'd like to represent another a country apart from South Africa. Um, have you ruled yourself out of test cricket uh, and are focusing on limited <laughs> overs cricket, or are you still eligible and you would still like to take the baggy green if, if an opportunity arose? Well, well, yeah, I would love to do that, but uh, I'd I can't really see that happening. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say on that. I, I just think that you know Australia will go with the younger guys that they've got at the moment. You know, Nathan, Steve O'Keefe, and obviously they're going with Ashton Agar. So it looks like those will be the three you know going forward. Um, I think for me, all my prep this season's been white ball cricket. Um, you know, playing about ten or eleven grade T20s before the Big Bash and. And then obviously now into the big tournament. So for me, I would say it's just the shortest form. Probably is, is my only little chance. And, you know, that, that's not even a very big chance. That's all up to Cricket Australia to decide. Mm. You know, all I can do is, is, you know, play as well as I can. Hopefully up the Sixers win some more games. And, um, you know, see what happens down the line. And this is just about a home game for you because you have actually settled in Adelaide so that yeah. all the family will be there. And that, that must be exciting just having the, the family support. Yeah, it is nice. It's, it's nice to you know just be at home for probably about forty-eight hours. Um, yeah. In in such a, a busy tournament, we you know you travel a lot, you train a lot. Um, so it's it's nice to just have some something familiar around you for for one game. Um, but yeah, hopefully you know on the big stage tonight, uh, you know myself and and the team, we can, can get it over the line. And lastly, uh, Johan, does that mean being your home deck uh, there at Adelaide that you'll lead the party uh, out tonight to the hot spots of Adelaide? Do you take the boys out being the hometown? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure there's a few guys who've been in Adelaide a lot longer than I've been, um, or a lot more times, um, from the Sixers. So, you know, we'll be up to, to the cheerleaders and uh, Doug and the boys to, to take it through. Well, we certainly hope you have something to celebrate later on tonight, uh, uh, Johan, um, good luck for your form. You're in good touch with the bat and the ball. Keep it up. Thank you very much, guys. That was Johan Boder. A little earlier, we caught up with him. Sydney Sixers uh, spin bowler ahead of their big clash, of course, tonight against the Adelaide Strikers. Uh, who do you like in this one, Bryce? Well, I think that I really think the Strikers. They're in the bottom of the table, but I think they're really well led, led with Brad Hodge, and I think they've got to bounce back. It's all the chips go into this game because they cannot get there from zero and three. So yeah. I, I think they'll really bounce back here and um, maybe knock them off. Okay, big game tonight at the Adelaide Oval. Be full house. They've had the BB, women's BBL game there as well earlier. The Strikers and the Scorchers, so they've had a real big warm-up of the crowd, so they'll be in fine voice, you would have thought, uh, coming up. Uh, you're listening to Stumps. A Victoria Bitter celebrates the greatest moments in cricket history with 10 limited edition cans this summer. Victoria Bitter for a hard-earned thirst. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about a Victorian Bitter moment from years gone by. We're going back to 2008, so stay tuned for that. Uh, that is coming up. This is Stumps, Jack Crawshaw and Bryce McGain. Back shortly. 
And that is huge. That's the biggest one tonight. On the roof. Full pitch and bang. Bang, bang, bang. It's gone. Welcome to Stumps. Yeah, welcome back to Stumps. If you're still with us or if you're joining us for the first time, Happy New Year to you. Of course, it's coming up uh, very shortly. Hopefully, you've got your plans uh, all intact and uh, your resolutions uh, as well. Jack Crawshaw in the chair tonight and alongside me, uh, I've got former Victorian and Australian leg spinner Bryce McGain. Hello, Bryce. Hi there, Jack. Uh, it's been a terrific time of cricket at the moment. Big bashes flying along and uh, the Boxing Day test, great result for Australia, wrapping up the series. Uh, it's an exciting time for cricket lovers. Have you got your New Year's resolution for for coming up? Uh, no, I'll work on that a bit later after the show, maybe. Oh, okay. It's certainly going to be something around uh, get, getting myself uh, as fit as what I once was. <laughs> and uh, I'm still playing cricket, but uh, just been a really busy year, so a lot of focus on other things rather than looking after myself. So it might be something along those lines. You've played some, is it second grade or first grade cricket in Victoria? Is that right? Yeah, still yeah. Uh, captaining the seconds at Paran. So uh, they're, they're tracking along really well. And what I'm really enjoying is, uh, is supporting the young guys coming through um, there's some excellent young players there. Will Sutherland's one of them, so I've captained him all year, and he's yeah. now captaining uh, the Australian uh, under-17 team and the under-18 team in the 19 Carnival. And So there's some terrific young players there. And um, Funnily enough, there's some pretty handy spinners coming out of the club as well, so some good young players there. So exciting times um, and really enjoying that part of it. Yeah, very much so. Uh, for, the, for people who just joined us, a big game, of course, at the Adelaide Oval uh, tonight, just down the road from some of our listeners uh, who have joined us on Stumps. And uh, it's a sellout crowd, obviously. Adelaide Oval, there's rarely, there is rarely a night at the Adelaide Oval with a big bash game where... <laughs> There's not a full house. Oh, um, you bet. And ridiculous. Yeah, look, I really enjoyed uh, Big Bash number one when I was involved in with the Adelaide Strikers. Yeah. And the whole city really gets behind it. And it's a great vibe around the city. Even just hours before from lunch onwards, uh, you know, everyone's excited. They know there's a big, big event about to happen. And um, the, the way it's been redeveloped now and the walking bridge across, everyone just peels down from the city. And uh, it is an exciting night. They've had the, the women's game on there. The women's BBL uh, game on this yep. afternoon is a bit of a curtain raiser. And um, and that's sort of certainly brought in some more crowd early, and uh, yeah, no doubt there'll be swelling there with uh, excitement as they try and knock off the Sixers and and get their campaign kicked off. They need a win; they're zero and two at the moment. The Strikers. Yeah, how big a loss is Kane Richardson uh, for the Adelaide Strikers? I mean, I think he's basically going to miss the rest of the tournament with a with a back injury. So that's a, a crucial cog of their fast bowling unit gone. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, that, that is a, a, a going to impact them a lot. Bit like uh, with the Renegades uh, losing Dwayne Bravo the other night. You know, they punch a big hole those those top-end players. Uh, and he showed a, a fair bit with the bat as well. So Richardson's not just a bowler. He, he can really clear the pickets and belt the ball as well. Um, and you need that in T20 when you're chasing targets or even setting them for that matter. So he is going to be a big loss. But uh, look, they've got some players to cover. So uh, look, I, I'm, I think the Adelaide Strikers will do pretty well. And Jason Gillespie at the helm there. I mean, he's the master. He's been doing so well with Yorkshire and 0-2 and down. And it seems like a pretty cool and calm character. So I don't think he'd be filling it too much, Bryce. No, look, uh, he does seem pretty relaxed. And I think one of the players that are leading in there in Brad Hodges is, is ultra yeah. relaxed and knows the game inside and out. So in terms of leadership on the field and off the field, they've got the right guy in charge. And if anyone can get them out of this rut that they've, they've started with a couple of losses, um, I'm sure that Brad Hodges will lead the way. Yep, big night tonight there at the uh, Adelaide Oval. So we're looking forward to that, the Strikers and the and the Sixers. And then two big games tomorrow, New Year's Day. It all kicks off at the MCG with the Renegades and the Stars, which is just huge. Uh, 
90,000 maybe. Uh, they were so un- underprepared for that number last year that you would have thought that they it would be underwhelming if they got anything less than you know 60,000 there tomorrow with all the people they've probably got on the uh, ready to uh, to take the patrons in. And then, of course, it's the double header. So we've got the Scorchers and the Thunder at the Wacker post, obviously with the time difference. Yeah, another big huge day. double header. This is exactly what we love. Uh, two big bash games on and the double header's fantastic. So, But it's, it will be enormous. The MCG will be absolutely heaving. It'll be full to the brim. I, I suspect they'll break that record, which is 80, 000, just a touch over 80,000 that they set last year. For domestic cricket, who would have thought 10 years ago Massive. this is going to be 80-odd thousand turning up to it? But T20's uh, a juggernaut and it's really... Um, well, it's really taken the, the the country really. It's taken the interest of it. People are coming to cricket now. Young kids love it. Um, it it's really a, a, a great product. Uh, it's great entertainment, and it is um, bringing a, a lot more people to the games. And it does, and it doesn't bode well for something like Test cricket, though. I mean, we saw um, that uh, in the Test cricket arena, the crowds at the MCG weren't fantastic for Boxing Day. We admit the weather wasn't flash no. uh, through a couple of days. but And then you see Etihad Stadium, there was 30,000 people there, possibly 80,000, 90,000 people at the MCG tomorrow. It just doesn't bode well, I don't think, for the five-day format. Something's going to be done there, I think. What, have you got some thoughts on that? Well, I think that... Uh Look, Test Cricket is its own product, and I think people who, uh, particularly younger kids, will get their interest through Big Bash, but then have this d- directional um, shift to, well, what are the other parts of cricket? So the, 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 their love for the game gets established through Big Bash, but yep. then they can start looking into the, the more traditional form. So if they can transition that right from um, marketing and, and opportunities and things like that for these young players and, and create that interest, I'm sure that Test Cricket will survive. Now, let's get into uh, our VB moment, uh, Bryce, that we're going to talk about uh, this week. Victoria Bitter celebrating the greatest moments in cricket history with 10 limited edition cans uh, this summer. It's a VB hardest-earned moment, Victoria Bitter for a hard-earned thirst. Uh, now, we're going to go back to 2008. Now, of course, the Sydney uh, Test match uh, is coming up starting on Tuesday uh, with Australia and also Pakistan. Unfortunately, it'll be a dead rubber, but we go back to 2008, Australia versus uh, India, and that, t- that tour is a so controversial for for so many uh, for so many reasons, but um, that is our this is our our Victoria bitter for a hard earned thirst uh, moment uh, um, was the second test in the Border Gavaskar Trophy. I think Australia had um, the game at the MCG Boxing Day was the first test. I think India went on to win the third test match of that series uh, and broke a, a long run of Australian victories uh, in the in the test match arena. Um, the Aussies batted first, made four hundred and sixty three in that game, one hundred and sixty two and. Andrew Simon's not out. And that was where the first bit of controversy was, Bryce. That was, where, I think, Ishant Sharma bowled. There was the talk about whether Andrew Simon's had nicked ball, bought the ball behind the wicket and the keeper went up, the bowler went up, and the umpire said not out and replayed shows with the... Uh, with all of the technology, etc., that there's this big snicker on the bat, and then there was the controversy about walking, etc. But that was the real first moment in the game, wasn't it, where the Indians started to get real hot under the collar? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it was a it was a terrific knock by Andrew Simons there. One sixty two is a tough conditions, uh, and they they set the game up well for Australia. But uh, yeah, look, I, there was certainly that controversy and that angst between the two teams, and it just started brewing this test where it really opened up. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and then, of course, going on, uh, 79 for, for Brad Hogg. Brett Lee also chipped in. He made a half century as well. Australia's 463, four wickets to, to Singh and four wickets to Anil Kumbla, who uh, 
uh, has gone on now to be the, the coach of the Indian uh, That's cricket right, yes. side uh, since his since his playing days. Uh, India making five hundred and thirty-two. Tendulkar, the class of him. I mean, just the, some of the names in the batting lineup: uh, Bryce, I mean, Dravid, Laxman, Tendulkar, Ganguly, Yuvraj Singh, MS Dhoni. That is, it's just it was a star-studded lineup. Wasn't Absolutely, it? and then spin bowling, including Kumble and Harbhajan Singh. You know, they're, they're some terrific players. It was just certainly a very very strong team. Uh, so 532, they get themselves in front, uh, the Indians. Australia go on, uh, 401 uh, with, uh, declared for 7, 123 for Matthew Hayden. Uh, Michael Hussey finishes 145, uh, not out after they've declared. And then it really got down to it. India needed 333 runs. Uh, to win, 333 runs to win uh, in that uh, last innings. Uh, they lost a, a couple of early wickets. They were two for 34. Tendulkar comes to the crease. It gets deeper and deeper in the fifth day. Uh, the bowling options, well, Brett Lee's taken a couple of wickets. Mitchell Johnson's failed to fire. Couple of wickets for Stuart Clark. Nothing of the spin of of Michael uh, of Brad Hogg, I should say. Andrew Simons had chipped in with three wickets. And then they just throw the ball to uh, this little-known left armour. Has it been in the team long, uh, and and where does it hap- where does it go from here? I mean, the Indians probably thought this was the last thing was going to happen, Bryce, with Michael Clark getting thrown the ball. Well, certainly a big surprise there, Michael Clark getting thrown the ball. Uh, he came on after all the they were chopping and changing the bowlers and really looking for a solution. But uh, it was Michael Clark that came on. He hadn't taken a Test wicket at that stage. He had his beat, uh, bleached blonde hair and, uh, uh, I, I guess, looking as trendy as ever. And, um, look, he, he prior to that, in terms of his batting, he'd missed out. He got a first ball duck in the second innings and, uh, and earlier in the game, he got uh, just one run, so he really hadn't been involved in the game. One and a first ball blob, a golden duck in the second innings, and then he gets thrown the ball in a desperation stake. Um, it's getting late in the game. They need to get some late wickets. The shadows are across the ground, and, well, uh, he came up trumps. Yep, he certainly did. Uh, he came in, and he gets uh, Harbhajan Singh. That was the first one uh, for Channel 7, uh, or for Channel 9, which is have a listen. He got in for 7. This is Channel 9. Let's have a listen quickly. Here we go. You're listening to Off the Bench across the Super Radio Network. It's time now for... That's Oop. the wrong one. That's got, the wrong one. Got the wrong one there. Yeah. But uh, he, he came on. It was Harbhajan Singh uh, that, that he bowled. Uh, Harbhajan just getting seven runs. At that stage, they were looking to save the game. There was certainly a lot of defensive activity going on from the batsmen. But uh, so it was Harbhajan Singh that he got out there. And in, in the end, he only bowled 11 balls, um, which was quite... Quite surprising in some respect. Just the 11 balls bowled, but uh, he, he cleaned up with the three wickets. And let's have a listen to that now. Got in! Yes, he has! That's a big one! So Harbison's gone, Clark's done the damage, and it's 8 for 210. Pressure, pressure, pressure. What a delivery. It was bowled a little bit quicker, 90 kilometres an hour. His very first test wicket in Australia. It dripped, it knocked up a little bit of dust, it bit, and that is the end of Habajan. Wants to go. The odds, $8 Australia at the moment. He's on a hat trick. Fraction four, it's spinning on a straight, and he doesn't want to go, but that's out. Good piece of bowling, good captaincy. And it's all happening at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Listen to the crowd. Look at the Australians. And what a good performance by Michael Clark when it was needed. 
Yeah, the Aussie supporters, they're all on their feet now. Michael Clark, where's he been all day? He comes in at the death and he's stealing a couple of wickets, driving his country to victory. Or is he? They need one more now. That is beautiful bowling. Left arm round the wicket, pitching straight and straightening down the line. Good captaincy this by uh, Ricky Ponting. Have a look at that. It pitched on middle and off. And uh, would have been hitting about middle and leg. The bales, that is, of middle and leg. Didn't straight as much as I thought it did with the naked eye, but yeah, no hesitation. The umpire is a judge at LBW, so it's a hat-trick. Can Australia win? A 19-year-old will make his way to the centre of this great cricket ground. The weight of the world on his shoulders survived with his captain, who has been absolutely superb. Well, now, put yourself in the position of Sharma. The number 11 coming out here. Everything to play for. 19 years of age. Third test he's playing in. He's not rushing, that's for sure. He certainly isn't. But you know they say ignorance is bliss. He's probably not nervous. He's just going out there to play. He's got two right-hand gloves. That's not a good stay. He's not nervous at all, is he? That's not as bad as Willis, who went out there without a bat. He mightn't have his box in, though. That's what I'm worried about. He's just... Uh, this is one of the old Indian balkers, this one. Wants to be careful, he doesn't get time. He should walk out to the crease and somebody should follow him out with the glove. Ponting's getting a little bit frustrated, but it's been one of those test matches. Ponting could have given himself plenty more time. Don't worry about that. Ponting, uh, Ponting could quite easily have given himself a lot more time. Anyhow, he's getting two gloves here. <laughs> have another look at the LBW shout. But live, it looked uh, very good indeed. And first ball faced, Michael Clark ripping the ball straight, had to straighten, it did, and look at his teammates. They realise that they have been running out of time very fast, but uh, Michael Clark has got uh, two, in two deliveries, he's on a hat-trick. What an opportunity to get one, go down in the history of the game, one of the hat-trick to win a test match at the Sydney Cricket Ground for 16 wins on the top for the Australians. That was a good delivery, that last one. It had to straighten it. Just straightened enough. Here's the first one. A tougher dust. Bounce. Glove. Slip. Out. And then the next one. Pitches. Just straighten enough. Just enough. I've got to tell you, he's got a good chance of a hat-trick here. If he pitches that in the same... This, this delivery in the same place, that front foot will be across there. There could be an LBW hat-trick. Roll forward, big man, get roll forward, get that pad down the pitch. There's about 15,000 people at the SCG appealing. Quick and well played. And Kumbwe get the strike here. There's two balls going to go on this over. Well, that's it. I mean, I think Kumbwe's just got to hope that he can handle these last two and then he's got to look after it from then on. So, uh, a little conference. Kumble going up to his youngster and saying, well played. He probably also said to him, keep getting on that front foot. Don't go before acceptances. Pick up the line first. Yes! It's gone! It's over! Clark's done the damage. Australia win. What a performance. Three wickets in an over. 16 on the track. He hasn't gone yet. He's out. There's no doubt about that.
What a test match from day one to day five. And the hero in the end is the unlikely Michael Clark. How about that? That was, uh, of course, Michael Clark. Three wickets in the space of, what, four four or five balls in the end. Uh, on a hat-trick, finishes the figures of three for five of 1.5 overs and an unlikely hero in the end, Bryce. Oh, extraordinary. He just had... It was one of his um, few games that he, he took the ball. He'd taken wickets overseas, of course, but uh, his first wickets in Australia and, uh, well, he'd made one in the first innings. He, he followed that up in the second innings with a golden duck and probably thought, oh, well, this is probably the end. It could have been a, a, a turning point in his career as well, but uh, then he, the opportunity with the ball and what an amazing effort that was. Yep, certainly was. So that's our VB uh, moment for a hard-on first. Uh, Victoria Bitter celebrates the greatest moments in cricket history with 10 limited edition cans this summer. So there uh, might be a few people who are... We're maybe partaking in a couple of those uh, tonight. Uh, no Bryce, doubt about it. Uh, yes, uh, coming up, we've got plenty more on uh, stumps. Uh, but when we come back on the other side of the break, uh, we've got more discussion, of course, uh, on the Test match uh, and leading into the Sydney Test match, a big bash as well, uh, plus uh, an odds update coming up too with Nathan Brown from Sportsbet. Uh, you're listening to Stumps with Jack Crawshaw and Bryce McGann. Full pitch and bang! Bang, bang, bang! It's gone! You're listening to Stumps. Listening to Stumps. Yeah, welcome back to Stumps. Great to have you with us uh, this afternoon. Uh, of course, uh, Jack Crawshaw and Bryce McGain are in the chair. Uh, for Bryce, for our audience who weren't with us a little bit earlier, we went through, uh, of course, the, the Test squad. Uh, the Australians uh, have named uh, a couple of changes. Of course, Maddinson going out. Sayers, the South Australian, uh, has gone out as well of the squad. And he hasn't got a, a big bash franchise, this Chad Sayers. So, therefore, he could potentially go from being in the Australian Test squad to playing no cricket at all. Uh, or going to play, I think, for Glenelg, which is his South Australian side. That's exactly right, and it's a, I guess the, the the pickle that comes up with the uh, the scheduling that they do with uh, with the the way that the calendar is for the the, the summer, and uh, there is no. I guess first-class cricket happening. The Big Bash takes charge of all of that. But, uh, yeah, look, Chad Say is going out. And he's probably a little unlucky, Jack, um, with going out of the team. He didn't really get an opportunity um, in the the team to play, but he was certainly there and thereabouts. But when the conditions are going to suit when they go to England or the like or even South Africa and that they need that swing bowler there and he continues to his form, um, he'll be front and centre for that opportunity. Uh, Australia, of course, wrapping up the, the test match. Uh, and wrapping up the series against Pakistan, it was an amazing victory in that last day, and no one really would have thought that they they would have been able to do that. It was heading towards a draw, but Australia, I guess, believed in the plan, and they, they continued to work through, and uh, certainly that, that morning where they were able to just blaze runs around and score runs at will, uh, set a, a challenging uh, short, or small target, um, not so much a target to win the game, but to, to survive and make Australia bat again, and uh, they were able to, well, Australia was certainly able to rip through the wickets, and credit to Nathan Lyon there with his three wickets at yep. the top of the order, but um, yep. Mitchell Stark with reverse swing and, and then being able to knock it over. Okay, well let's get a, uh, a, a an odds update now. Of course the test match uh, coming up at the SCG and also the Big Bash as well. Nathan Brown joins us from Sportsbet. Uh, hello Brownie. Yeah, good day, boys. It's uh, a big weekend of sport and a big weekend of cricket, isn't it? Just after Christmas into the new year. Brilliant. Of course, Sportsbet cash out. Download the app and get your cash early on the Big Bash with Sportsbet. Conditions apply and gamble responsibly. Should we look at some of those Big Bash markets uh, up front first, Brownie, this afternoon? 
Yeah, well, the Adelaide Strikers up against the Sydney Sixers. Adelaide Strikers a dollar eighty-three. They've eased a little bit. The Sydney Sixers a dollar ninety-eight. Now, the Sydney Sixers bowling attack has been really good. Probably one of the two games. Adelaide Strikers have batted well in one game, but it's a really even one. Now, Travis Head was the hero. You might remember last year he scored a hundred runs, fourteen balls to go. He scored seven sixes from those fourteen balls. So. We think that he's going to be the highest scorer for Adelaide tonight. We're backing him in, and he is um, at four dollars fifty. Ben Dunks at three dollars seventy-five tonight, and for the Sixers, Daniel Hughes comes back in, didn't play since the first game, fifty-four in that first game. He's four dollars thirty-three for the top run scorer. But we also do have a mega bet on this game for Dunk and also Head to get past thirty together. That is six dollars fifty. So they both need to get past thirty. Dunk obviously an eighty in the first game. And Head, as we know, his heroics last year. He's a bit of the New Year's Eve hero, so hopefully he can turn it on tonight. Well, I'm, I'm sure they, they, they both will. I don't mind a bit of that mega bet you got going there. Um, anything there for us, the New Year's Day? Yeah, New Year's Day, yeah, the Stars up against the Renegades. And uh, look, with the injury to the Renegades, they've eased out from just under $2 to out to $2.11. The Stars have been really well backed. 80% of the money we're taking at the moment is on the Stars. They're a $1.73 top run scorer. Uh, you've got Kevin Peterson. He plays his first game. He's the favourite to do that, $4. Glenny Maxwell at $4.50. Uh, obviously, KP's mate. If you had to watch the coverage last night, it got a bit got a bit funny with Mark Walker. <laughs> it sure did. Top run scorer, Aaron Finch. He's been in terrific form so far. He's $3.20. Uh, the big bear white, he's $4.20 for the top run scorer for the Renegades. But all the money at the moment is on the Melbourne Stars. Uh, and the second game, of course, is the uh, Scorchers and the Thunder tomorrow night, Brownie. Yeah, Perth, very hard to beat at home. At $1.76, I reckon that is really juicy odds for Perth playing at home against the Sydney Thunder side who are battling at the moment. Um, top run scorer, you got Klinger and Marsh at three seventy-five. dollars Each Klinger was terrific the other night. Ian Bell, who knocked up a quick 60 the other night, he's at $4.50. And for the other boys, the Thunder, Blizzard, he's at four fifty, And Owen Morgan, who always seems to bat well at $4.50. Not sure about Shane Watson, hasn't come back in the best, Nick, but he's $4.20 for the uh, top run scorer. But I enjoy those odds at Perth. $1.76 at home against Sydney Thunder, who are battling at the moment. Probably the better the, better the weekend for mine. Uh, and Brownie, you probably wouldn't be out of back against. Uh, well, the Aussies are, are in great form. Um, of course, coming up uh, on Tuesday, the third test. Yeah, a dollar fifty-three. The Aussies. They've started in the three tests so far. They started dollar forty in the first one, a dollar forty-five in test number two, and now a dollar fifty-three in test number three. The draws four twenty-five. Pakistan. They've pretty much started every test around the five dollar fifty mark, and that's what they're at at the moment. And top run scorer for the Aussies, no doubt. Steve Smith is the favourite. He's 325 to be the top run scorer in the first dig. David Warner, 375. And Kawaja in there at $4. And I'll tell you who is very short is uh, as uh, Ali. I thought he would be shorter than this, actually. He's $4.33 to be the top run scorer for the Pakistan team in the first dig. I reckon that's pretty juicy because every time he bats, he seems to be the hardest one to get out for them. Yep, certainly. Good on you, Brownie. Thanks for your time. Yeah, responsibly, guys. That's it. Runs in the cricket, drying up quicker than Bob Hawke's yard glass. Uh, we'll cash out with Sportsbet and take your cash early on the Big Bash. Download the app today. Conditions apply and gamble responsibly. Bryce, there's plenty more of uh, stumps coming up for some of our audience. The rest we're letting go. Happy New Year to you. Hope you have a fantastic night. And there's more stumps in the new year.
Welcome to Stumps. Yeah, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to Stumps, so wherever you may be listening, great to have you uh, with us this afternoon, building up to, of course, a massive Big Bash Clash tomorrow, Big Bash Clash tomorrow at the MCG, and of course we're just off uh, what was a thrilling Boxing Day test match with the Aussies getting the job done uh, over the Pakistanis uh, to win the series as well. Jack Crawshaw uh, in the chair with you uh, tonight, and uh, of course we're building into the new year as well, alongside me, former Victorian and Australian spinner, Bryce McGain. Hello, Bryce. Good evening to you, Jack. And uh, it has been an exciting time for, for cricket all over the uh, the country with the Big Bash flying along and obviously great results in the Test match. Favourite moment of yesterday? I mean, the Aussies just getting the job done. Is that a, a favourite moment? Can you have that as a whole? Or uh, I just couldn't believe that, the way it ended up uh, panning out. I just didn't think the Pakistanis would fold that quick. Well, what... what yeah, I didn't expect that as well. And they had batted well, and they had been quite uh, strong with their batting. We've seen that. But the first innings up in Brisbane, we'd seen them stumble along there a touch. But, uh, no, that, look, they certainly um, bounced back and were, have been terrific um, in, well, in the way that Australia was able to wrap it up. And the key for me was uh, we can certainly see Mitchell Stark wrapping up the tail and reverse swing of the ball. And the Aussies really believed in the plan. And I think that was uh, one of the keys to it is certainly their ability to be able to work their way through in a situation that looked all destined by all imagination that it was going to be a, a draw. Australia just continued believing in the plan and then that a pressure applied to the Pakistanis and the wicket started to tumble. Nathan Lyon, for me, though, was was a key component to that, uh, taking three wickets. And I really suspect that there was every chance that he, he wouldn't have been in the team and the squad going to Sydney. Um, he'd, he'd had a bit of a lean summer. I don't think he's bowled particularly badly. But he uh, was able to really turn the game. He knocked over a couple of the most uh, senior players from the Pakistani lineup, the, their top order, punched a hole in up there, took three early wickets, and o- opened up the opportunity for the, the quicks to come and reverse swing and, and knock over the tail. Yeah, certainly. What about the fast bowlers? I mean, they've done a fair bit of work, haven't they? Uh, Mitchell Stark and uh, and and obviously uh, Josh Hazelwood, Jackson Bird as well. Yep. They've had a fair workload, haven't they? They have. They've had to work really hard to, to get the results at the Gabba. They, they were charging in a lot, and uh, albeit they were still bowling on day three, there was a bit of rain and that around, but... Uh, Look, they've had to work very hard, and David Saker, the bowling coach for Australia, has indicated that it was important that they uh, somehow somehow have another bowling option in there. And uh, maybe one of those solutions might be to give Nathan Lyon more overs and let him play a bit of a holding role and rotate the quicks at the other end. That's one way to do it. Steve Smith mm. has put a fair bit of load into the, those quick bowlers. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, Jack Crawshaw, Bryce McGain bringing you stumps this afternoon. Well, let's talk more about the, the test match, of course. Uh, Australia winning uh, the series now 2-0 going into the third test, which starts at the SCG, uh, of course, on Tuesday. And former Australian fast bowler Ryan Harris has been good enough to jump on the phone and give us a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a summary from his point of view of the test match just finished. Uh, good afternoon, Ryan. Good afternoon, boys. How are you going? Good, thank you. Appreciate uh, your time having a chat this afternoon. Uh, we just spoke no briefly about the, the fast bowlers. Uh, uh, Ryan, uh, what's your, your summary been? I mean, Mitchell Stark um, just knocking them over like Skittles yesterday afternoon, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, that was perfect conditions. And, um, you know, the ball was reversing. The balls obviously worked pretty hard to get the ball to reverse. And um, when he's um, at that sort of top pace and doing that, um, he's going to get the best in the world out and he. And he yeah, he bowled beautifully. It was great. To, it was probably a good confidence confidence booster for for Mitch. He, he just says he's gotten better through each test match. He's gotten better with the ball and more rhythm. And uh, for him to go out and do that and 
virtually uh, helped win a test match for his country. It would have been be great for his confidence, but it was very good to watch. And a big part of the way he's bowling, uh, Rhino, is the, the, the fact that his speeds are getting up. When the game's on the line, he's the one who just goes harder and harder and pushes himself really through the pain barrier. He's bowled a lot over the last couple of weeks, but he's just got taken it up to another another level to get the victory yep. through. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you, Bryce. I actually thought they all did that pretty well yesterday, considering the amount of overs they bowled in the last sort of week and a half. But yeah, he he, he just cranked it up, and I, you know, it's amazing how you can um, you know, feel stiff and sore and you know, coming towards the end of a Test match. But um, you know, in, in, in well, as a bowler, you know that you're going to have situations like that where you're going to have to actually go out and, and literally win the Test match for the for your team and your country. And um, it's amazing what you can find when you need to with a bit of energy and a bit of you know, your third, fourth, fifth wind, I guess, to, to make you know, to make sure you can um, you know, perform at that at, at you know, be your best, I guess, when, when you're probably feeling your worst, uh, you know, fatigue wise. So it was great to see him do that. Uh, Ryan, I suppose this question might come with an answer of depending on bowling loads, etc. But how long how long does a fast bowler need to recover <clears throat> from a test match? I mean, we've seen back to back test matches nearly Brisbane, Melbourne. We finished yesterday. We've got to start on Tuesday in Sydney for guys like Stark and, and Hazelwood. I mean, how's the workload for them in terms of backing up? Oh, they'd be pushing right up there at this stage. They'd be right on the on the cusp of um, flags, I guess. Where um, you know, because they have bowled so much with a not with not a lot of with not a lot of recovery, um, they'd be definitely uh, concerned. The, the, the staff, I heard David Saker talk about that. They'd definitely be concerned um, for them. They're still quite a young bowling group. Um, that that that'd be the most concern. If it was probably myself or a Sybil or Johnson, you probably. You know, because of their age and the body, our, develop, our bodies would have developed a bit more than where they are. Um, it, it's quite concerning. But um, go, go and talk one of those three bowlers to sit out the next test match. I'm, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure the answer you get, and it wouldn't be nice words. So, um, look, I think they've just got to, you know, they, they just between test match, they'd be barely bowling. I think they'd probably bowl maybe two days out from the test, or even on even on the, the what we call the top up day, the day before, they'd probably just roll the arm over. But the they pull them right back in between test matches to make sure their ball, their balls between tests are, are quite low. Yeah. What did you find is your best recovery uh, after a, a big bowling stint like that, knowing that you've got to bounce straight back? Oh, mate, I laid in, laid in bed a lot. To be honest. <laughs> you <laughs> slept it off. Just, yeah, slept it off and laid in bed. It was, that was my comfortable spot. No, look, I, I did a little bit of that, but I, it was very important also to keep going, to keep moving. So yeah, although I probably didn't bowl too much, and, and none of us did, I guess, when they're, when they're this close together, you know, you still got to keep yourself moving. So we'd we'd go to training and walk laps, and and you know, even instead of you know, I, I guess to, to stop us from laying in bed as much as we I probably did, but um, we we you know we get together as a bowling group, and even the either the the bowling coach or the strength and conditioning coach would take us out for a coffee just to get us out moving and walking around. So hmm. um, yeah, just 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 the low intensity stuff, just to bring your you know your everything back down to back down to the ground, I guess, to make yourself. Um, Start feeling your body parts again that you probably lose feeling of when when you when you're that fatigued and that sore. You're going to be a terrific bowling coach. There wasn't one mention of ice bath in there, and going out for a oh, coffee well, with the go. bowling coach was outstanding. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go a long way, I think, with these young quicks around Australia. Well, you can tell already that I've forgotten about the ice baths pretty quickly. In fact, I had to put a uh, my under 17 or under 19 team I had the other week. I put them in an ice bath, and I was. Uh, Literally laughing and smiling, and I didn't have to get in. So yeah, they are they are also pretty crucial. But you do a lot of them um, straight after the after your bowl. Um, if if you're still feeling a bit down and a bit sore, but they are they are actually pretty good. You can get in and out of them. But um, I did as uh, 
as less as possible in the Oscar because I hated them. <laughs> Ryan Harris is with his former Australian quick uh, here on Stumps. Uh, now, Ryan, uh, talk us through your thoughts on the squad that they've picked for this third test match. So we've got Agar, we've got O'Keefe, we've got Lyon. Which way do you think it'll sit? Bryce and I had a discussion a little earlier this afternoon because uh, we were networked right around Australia with different stations. And uh, yep. there was talk... Um, uh, about whether Agar bats at six or, or perhaps maybe they play th- three quicks and two spinners. So what are your thoughts on it all? I'm very surprised with the selection. I think I read um, uh, Mike Hussey um, quote earlier uh, on uh, cricket.com.au and mm. yeah, he, he was, I'm a bit in agreement with him. I was a bit surprised that they picked two left-arm spinners and, um, you know, Agar, uh, look, I think the, 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 the reason behind that is probably... Probably that's a bit more than, than Steve O'Keefe in saying that. Steve O'Keefe's made some runs, crucial runs for Australia and for New South Wales. So they looked, I think they're a bit concerned about the batting. Um, I, I'm, I'm really surprised about the talk about around Nathan Lyon. Every time he seems to play, he's under the pump. I, I'm, I'm shocked by that because I think he's actually bowling very, very well. I know he probably hasn't been in his 100% best, but oh, you know the, the shape that he's getting in the air, you know, he's, I think he's improved on what everyone keeps um, telling him he's not doing. He's gotten close to the stumps, he's hitting the stumps more. I'm just shocked about the talk about around him, you know, potentially missing out on that on that last test, and and yeah, it just just bewilders me. I think he's actually bowling really well. I think we saw yesterday how how crucial he can be picking up those three big wickets. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm a bit I get a bit frustrated by listening by hearing that he's our best ever spinner, um, and, and, and I think he needs to be in our team unless he's bowling the ball backwards, which mm. never, never really done. <laughs> well, well, so. well, he's certainly not doing that. I think he's been bowling really well. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Rhino, yeah. do you think there's a just a lack of confidence from the skipper in him? Absolutely. I, I, I haven't seen every ball or every over of the test matches, but I, of course, what, what I'm seeing, seeing, I guess highlights and that sort of stuff. He, he sort of bowls three and four over spells, which, which I mean, you know, Bryce is a spinner. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's quite a hard thing to do, isn't it? It's, it's quite a hard thing to do as a bowler, but as a quick bowler. But um, oh, yeah, I, 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 it's probably a little bit of that. I, I don't know if, if, he's, if Steve Smith's lost confidence. In him. I'm not sure. I, I'm not around the group, obviously, but. It, 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 it could be part of that. I don't know. Uh, it's disappointing if it is. So I think, you know, he's. Um, as I said, I think he's in, he's in really good form. The, the only danger with that, as we just spoke about the bowling workloads, is because he's not bowling the spinner as much. The, the quicks are bowling more overs, which yeah. it's, which is dangerous because we don't want to. As we just spoke about workloads, we don't want to put extra overs on them. But um, and I don't think he's bowling that bad. That the quicks he has to bring the quicks on. Uh, We'll bring back the quicks quicker. From both um, ends, yeah. Yeah, from both ends, you know. so Because he can match it up where he can play a bit of a holding role, even if it's early in the test and there's not <clears> much support off the surface. Uh, you can He can hold up an end and play the holding role and rotate your quicks at the other end for some time. But, Do you think that's a better setup? Well, that's exactly right. But the thing with that is, it's these, and I don't know again because I'm nowhere in the team, but Steve Smith's got to tell him that. And be, and be open and communicate that to him. And sure. that may or may not be happening. It may be happening and, and Nathan not doing it. But I, I know Nathan pretty well. I don't think you go against captain's orders or team orders. So, um, <laughs> look, I, I don't know what's going on, as I said. But, um, look, I, I just hope that, you know, I hope that Steve Smith can maintain that confidence. And knowing Smitty and his captaincy, you know, he's, he's I think he's a very good captain. He's obviously still a youngish captain, but I think he's doing a very, very good job. And, um, you know, even he got, I mean, he got slammed the other day in Brisbane for his tactics. So different, probably, but end of the day, he got the job done, didn't he? So, um, yeah, look, I don't know what's happening, but I just hope, yeah, Nathan Lyon, I think he needs to be in that team. Hey, what's your take on the Pakistanis, uh, Ryan? Obviously, they're going to be another confident, massive confidence hit for them, getting so close in Brisbane, <clears throat> uh, yep. falling like cards yesterday. What do you think their mind frame will be going into Sydney? 
Uh, well, it's got to be better. <laughs> Obviously, coming off coming off Brisbane, I thought, here we go. You know, I'd never want Australia to get beat or us to get beat. But I thought, you know, there was going to be a really good test match in Melbourne. Obviously, the rain ruined a bit. But I was really disappointed and, I guess, surprised um, with the way they went about it in that first inning. So it was obviously like, you know, a Pakistan batsman, or I'm not obviously not great on the records, but whether it's, you know, it was the first time a Pakistan batsman had scored 200 in Australia or... And you could see that, that they really wanted that to happen rather than try and win the Test match. And I saw an interview with Dickie Arthur on Channel 9 who said, oh, no, we're here to win, we're positive, we're going to put pressure on Australia. And then they just batted slowly and then to eventually declare when he got his 200. They should have, I think they should have scored a lot quicker and that would have put Australia under, the pre- under pressure a lot sooner. I think that with the way, look at the way we played when we came out, I think we were you know, 380 for three off about 86 overs, which was phenomenal scoring, mm-hmm. but it's... There was only one thing Australia wanted to do, even though we'd lost all that time, and that's exactly how I know Darren Lehman has seen his plays. They wanted to win that te- they wanted to win that test match from even though, as I said, the amount of rain that they had and you could see exactly the way they played. So I was really disappointed with the way Pakistan went about it. But in saying that, their young guys are standing up. I think other than yesterday where they obviously um fell away again, I'm really impressed with Amir. Um, you know, the, the, the young fellas, the young, even the young fella, Sammy at the top, he hasn't scored a lot of runs, but um, he, he looks, he reminds me a bit of Renner's Renshaw, yep. who has got a good technique, he takes a bit of time, he's only 20 or 21, so he's, you know, he's got to, you've got to have a chance to learn the game. So, uh, yeah, so I think that they looked all round, they, I mean, they've been, obviously they've played a lot of their tests at home, but they've been and, and beat a lot of good sides and, and been up around that number, number one, number two in the world. Um, and then they, I reckon they, they played like that in Brisbane, definitely, and, and as I said, similar to that in the first innings in, in Melbourne, but just I think they scored too slow. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think they need to take some responsibility. They really didn't really put the Australian batters under pressure as well. They didn't mm-hmm. necessarily attack the stumps and allowed Australia to score pretty freely and yep. set up that horrible little, you know, save the game little chase that they had to do and bat last on on a pretty flat wicket at the MCG. Very flat, <laughs> exactly. And I, I was sort of watching most. I watched most of that last day and listening to some commentary and reading a couple of things on social media about we was you know all the discussion about dropping wickets were back about how flat they are and how how, how bad it is for Test cricket. And then all of a sudden you know um, you get a big ball that reverses a bit, which which is which was good. And then yeah. you know the game was over. So um, it still shows you obviously the wickets. It, it, the wicket was never going to deteriorate. Let's be honest, because it was well that was a fifth day. It was probably a what a third day pitch because of all the the rain, the and, rain. And, and the yeah. yeah so you know the boys did very well to be able to get a result of that out of that weekend as we said stuck and well the whole bowling unit I thought were, were fantastic yep. and heading up to the SCG for the the New Year's Day test uh, it, it probably does suit the Pakistanis a bit the similar conditions it might it, it has been spinning huge for the whole year the Sheffield Shield they've been preparing wickets that are turning massively up there so they should feel pretty comfortable in those conditions. Absolutely, and, I, and just as you say that, it, it gives me tingles. It's great to, to hear that the, that the SCG pitch is is back to um, almost what it's what it's supposed to be, what it was a few years ago, all those years ago, when, when yeah. it was good early with the quicks, and then it spun. That's fantastic news to hear that. But um, you're nearly talking it, like it, a spin bowler there, Rhino. <laughs> that, that sounds great. I'm excited, and uh, you are too. It's brilliant. Well, it's good that we got a, we've got one of our, um, I guess, traditional wickets back. That's, that's yeah. the, that was the best thing about Australia, isn't it? Each state had a unique wicket and, and it did different things and, and then as a, as a quick on, on those sort of on wickets towards the end of day five or you know even day four day five you, you get inconsistent bounce which as a quick you you want as well so it's great to hear that um that that's going to be like that i, I think yeah pakistan they're, they're going into more familiar conditions um so they're, they're definitely going to be dangerous i think you know, yes a probably hasn't been at his best but he's going to have a wicket um 
that does it is going to turn. So yep. uh, it'd be interesting to see how they go. I don't think they'll play an extra spinner. They seem to have Azarali who can bowl a bit as well. And, uh, so I think yeah, I think they'll be dejected of what's happened yesterday, but I think they'll be excited to try and at least take a win away before they go home. Former Australian fast bowler Ryan Harris with us. Uh, Rhino, what's your plans for the night? Mate, I'm just at home actually. Just I've just moved into a new, just moved into a new house, so I've got oh. a few people coming over, just sitting at the back and having a swim and uh, yeah, obviously a couple of beers and uh, <laughs> it'd be nice. We're just we're just sort of uh, not far away from where a fireworks display will go off about eight thirty. So I'll take the young fella down there and um, and ho- oh. hopefully make it to twelve o'clock. Um, <laughs> don't be twelve o'clock too much these days. So um, but yeah, pretty quiet night. Rhino, you're a great host. No yep. doubt you're going to have a super night tonight. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for your time. Thank you. Good on you, Ryan. Yeah. There's Ryan Harris with us, former Australian fast bowler uh, here on Stumps. Uh, i tell you what, uh, you mentioned before in the interview about how great he would be as an Australian or as a bowling coach. Yep. Um, I mean, he's done a little bit of that so far, but, uh, gee, if he ever wanted to do it full-time, and I'm not sure what his commitment levels are like, Ryan Harris, but uh, it'd be a very handy acquisition for, for any side. Yeah, I have no doubt he has a, a strong interest in coaching, and mm. uh, he's got a, a really good approach, particularly with the younger groups that he's come through and coached different teams, representative teams at the underage level. So I think he's been well-groomed, well-supported by Cricket Australia, and I think he's got a real passion for it as well. Yeah, this is Stumps. Uh, Jack Crawshaw and Bryce McGain with you this afternoon. Uh, We're going to hear a little bit of audio from Darren Lehman, Ashton Agar and Stephen O'Keefe when we come back uh, on the other side of the break. This is Stumps. You're listening to Stumps. You're listening to Stumps. Yeah, right around Australia, you are listening to Stumps. Jack Crawshaw and former Victorian and Australian spinner Bryce McGain in for Stumps, the New Year's Eve edition. Uh, for some of our audience, he'll be with us right through uh, until 7 o'clock Australian Eastern Time. Melbourne Renegades coach uh, Andrew McDonald is going to, to join us after that. Uh, point and some audience are going to leave us in about seven or eight minutes time but uh, we're looking forward to catching up with the, with the Renegades coach uh, looking forward to a big game tomorrow night uh, at the MCG Yeah massive game the Big Bash uh, New, Year's Eve, New Year's Day game uh, New Year's Eve of course is at the moment yep. with the, uh, Adelaide and uh, the Sixers over there yep. but uh, yeah exciting stuff happening 80 plus thousand at the MCG and Andrew McDonald uh, well they've got to pull together a team without Dwayne Bravo now yeah, so it's, huge. it's a big blow for them we'll find out a bit more about that uh, after Yep, we're going to uh, have a chat with him uh, and talk about uh, Bravo and the replacement as well, uh, who might come in and and bowl some handy overs uh, for the Melbourne Renegades. But uh, the test team flew up to Sydney today, Bryce. That's right, and uh, opportunity, uh, Darren Lehman was, uh, well, wrapped up a little bit about the test match and uh, and the prospects of the Sydney one as well. We're really proud of all the players. Um, Stephen's been fantastic with coping with a lot outside the game to be perfectly honest he's a young captain I think it's, this is his 19th test match as captain in his 50th test next next week he's done an outstanding job leading the team and, and changing the way or direction we're going obviously with the younger group so you know pleased for him to get the result today uh, pleased for all the group to be perfectly honest uh, we've copped a fair bit of criticism over the summer but for them to come back and play the way they played today really proud of, of them as a group of players and all of Australia should be proud of them the way they played today I uh, just have the three spinning options, uh, work with our spinners all as a group um, and just see what the pitch is like in Sydney. Once we see the, the weather and the wicket, uh, which you won't till obviously uh, New Year's Day in the morning, then we'll make better decisions from there. 
Well, he's got to be fit and he's playing now, so that's the main thing. So, um, you know, you wouldn't want too many more injuries. You want to make sure he's playing playing cricket. That's the, the greatest thing we have now. We've got young players coming through that are fit and ready to go. So, Stephen, you know, did a really good job in Sri Lanka for us before he got injured. Um, did a good job for us last year in Sydney as well. So, you know, he, he's he knows he's got to be fit and ready to play each and every game. Talking about Stephen O'Keefe, Darren Lehman at the end there, of course. He's had a, a couple of little niggly, uh, niggle injuries, he had yeah. a, sh- a shoulder, etc. but that's what he needs to do to stay in the, in the test team. No doubt about it. And uh, it was good to hear him talk about the culture and how proud he was of the team and how Australia should be proud um, of the way they've wrapped up the series down in, and, and the way they fought through that. And there's a big change there. that the, the culture of the team is certainly improving and uh, he's very proud. Uh, also got the opportunity, um, Stephen O'Keefe. Yeah, it's exciting to be back in the squad for the Sydney Test. Um, it's the home ground and the, the best cricket ground in the world, so I'm pretty excited to uh, be a part of the squad and even watching that win uh, last night on TV sort of gave me goosebumps. So, um, yeah, it's going to be great to be coming into a, what is a winning team. I feel like my bowling tends to probably suit those conditions um, uh, on those wickets. So, um, yeah, you know... I mean, I don't want to look too far ahead. That's India. You know, I've got the SCG coming up here and hopefully picking that. If not, um, you know, then I'll go go back and think about how I'm going to um, plan against those guys if I'm given that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's stick with nice Gary, I think, and uh, try and fly under the radar. But, yeah, I was, in, I was enjoying that um, and watched that on TV. That third, that, I mean, it was just that, that whole thing was remarkable. And I love it because Gaz is such a humble, quiet guy and now he's got this uh, cult hero status, which I... Absolutely love watching, and, and hopefully we can continue to watch it for a long time coming. He's got no plans on uh, taking over the Gary Lyon mantle, Stephen O'Keefe. <laughs> no, look, and uh, it would be quite a surprise, I think, for him. Uh, and obviously looking forward to his opportunity at the Sydney Test, and a big outsider for the, the selection, and quite a shock for many is Ashton Agar. And uh, we had an opportunity to catch up uh, this morning. No, I wasn't sure, to be honest. And I, I was, it was the last thing I was thinking about. Um, my dad had mentioned it to me one day. He said, oh, you might be a chance for the, for the test side. And I honestly thought I'd just be heading back to Perth. But um, I'm very, very happy to be here. Yeah. Oh, you never know where you are, I guess. I guess I'm a chance, maybe, yeah, um, honestly. But uh, I've, I'm not going to look any further ahead than the next couple of training days. And then um, if I get selected for the test, that test match, because that's... Uh, What's worked for me at the moment, I've tried to not look far ahead at all and, um, you know, it's held me in good stead this season. Uh, I definitely take a bit of confidence out of that. Um, it was nice to do that earlier in the year. The wicket really did turn that game, though, so what the wicket's going to be like this game, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but, you know, if the wicket's like that again and, and I get my chance, and I'll try and do the same thing. He took 10 wickets, uh, did Ashton Agar in the Sheffield Shield game for Western Australia against New South Wales a little earlier in the, at the SCG. So that's the confidence that he's speaking about. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. In the same game, O'Keefe took a big bag of wickets as well. So I think they're both fighting for the one spot uh, in, in the lineup. And Nathan Lyon certainly holds his, and uh, it did exceptionally well uh, in taking three early wickets in, in Melbourne. Yep. Some audiences are about to leave us. Happy New Year to them. Hopefully they've got some plans uh, sorted out for tonight, no doubt. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sure they do. Yep. Happy New Year to them. Uh, for the rest of the audience, which are staying with us uh, through until 7 o'clock Australian Eastern Time, we're going to catch up with Renegades coach uh, Andrew McDonald. There's a big game, of course, uh, which is coming up at the MCG tomorrow between the Melbourne Stars and the Melbourne Renegades. They're expecting maybe eighty to 90,000 people could be there. So we're going to uh, talk about that with him, plus the replacement for Dwayne Bravo as well. That is going to be huge. Who will that be? We'll find out more next. You're listening to Stumps right around Australia, Jack Crawshaw and Bryce McGain. 
pitch and bang, 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 it's gone. Welcome to Stumps. Yeah, welcome back to Stumps on 1116 SEN. Jack Crawshaw and Bryce McGain are with you through until uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, we're going to talk Big Bash in just a sec with Andrew McDonald, the coach of the uh, the Melbourne Renegades. Looking forward to uh, that. But a, um, a Dwayne Bravo, I mean, he's going to be... We're going to talk about that with Andrew in just a sec. He's going to join us. Uh, but that's a huge loss. I mean, those tight bowling overs from him, the three or four overs, they're going to miss them immensely. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Uh, you can't just replace a, a world-class player like him. I'm sure they'll be looking for international replacements somehow, somewhere. And, you know, maybe they've got some issues with salary cap because it is a cap competition, so you can't really fit everything in. But they've got to come up with a solution, and uh, there's no doubt Andrew McDonald will be able to help us out with uh, yep. with what they're doing. It's been a busy couple of days, no doubt, following the game, review, preparing for New Year's Day match, and, uh, and and pulling together a good team. Yeah, off the back of a last ball thriller against the Perth Scorchers at Eddie Had Stadium uh, the other night when the Scorchers come off uh, victors. But Andrew McDonald, the coach of the Melbourne Renegades, has been good enough to join us on Stumps now. Uh, hello, Andrew. Yeah, how are you going, guys? Good to be with you. I reckon you'd be going better uh, if Dwayne Bravo was still in the competition, Andrew. Yeah, oh, look, it's unfortunate, <laughs> isn't it? I, I suppose any athlete that moves to that speed can can always come a cropper. But uh, yeah, it looked not ideal that you know we lost to Wayne during that game. But uh, you know, it was really impressive the way the guys um, changed tact and and obviously found their way through that that situation we're in and and, and took the game deep and, and to the point where we almost uh, beat the Scorchers, who were a pretty tough unit to crack. But uh, really impressive from the the leaders on the field to. To think their way through those situations. So it's a just tell the listeners who might not be aware. So it's a it's a full tournament injury for Bravo. He won't play any more part. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's um, he uh, had surgery today. Uh, I'm not sure who did the operation, but uh, yeah, he, he's going to be out of action for some time. So wish him well with his recovery. And yeah, as I said, it's you know about the athlete get, getting back from that. Um, it was a significant hamstring tear, and we, we wish him the best with that. So in the game, Ronnie, uh, it was. Well, it was well contested, as you said, right to the end. I know a lot of supporters from the Renegades would have walked away really disappointed. Oh, we had the opportunity and six off the last ball. Did you look? Did you have a positive outlook to it, or a bit of a, a disappointed um, view at the end of the game? No, really positive. I mean, it's early days in the tournament, and as I said, you do a lot of planning and preparation. And, and obviously, with Dwayne Bravo, he's one of our key pillars in in that lineup. And, and to lose three overs that we've been banking on at the back end, um, you know, with a few matchups and stuff like that. To, to actually take the game uh, into that position with, with great fight and, and obviously, as I said, with, with uh, Aaron Finch leading the way with Cameron White as his deputy to, to problem solve and to get through that, I thought was really impressive and a lot of positives to be taken out of it. I think if you, you asked anyone at the ground with five overs to go, were we in with a shout? Uh, I think most people would have said, no, nah, the game's pretty much done. But to, to show significant fight, and, and that's what we want from the side, you compete the best you can and you take games deep and you never know what can happen and, and we almost pinched that one. Gee, I couldn't agree more. Um, you summed it up beautifully there. Uh, so a few headaches since then, though. You've got to work out a replacement player. Who do you go to? And uh, and how do you structure your team up? He's a tough guy to replace. Yeah, he's a difficult player. He's almost a two-in-one. So, uh, look, we, you know, like any time when, when you lose a player, it's not harping on the fact that you've lost to Wayne Bravo. It's more what you've got at your, at, uh, at your beck and call there. So we're, we've switched our, our minds to what we've got in that side. Uh, we've added um, Trent Lawford in, into the... Uh, the squad as a replacement player for Matthew Wade, uh, which sounds funny, but he's replacing Matthew Wade, who's on international <laughs> duties. Um, so we've been able to use that. So he, he's in the uh, 12 slash 13 for tomorrow's fixture. Uh, he gives us obviously an all-round capability there. But yeah, we'll structure up slightly differently um, and with the personnel that we've got. And as I said, we'll just shift tack from 
Dwayne being the team and, and really focus on who we've got in that side. Andrew, have you had any um, comments from the players on the surface at Etihad Stadium? Uh, I know in the AFL season there's been a, a fair bit of talk about the hardness of the surface and can that have any way contributed to Bravo's injury? I, I don't think so. I think yeah. the, the fact of the matter is that he was moving in a decent clip and, uh, you know, full full stretch on, on that leg. And, yeah. no, nah, the guys have been pulling up from, well from the surface and I think now that the, the way that the surface is and the way that they are able to shift the turf around and turn it over and, and make sure it's safe for playing. And every game uh, is ticked off to, to be safe uh, for playing. So the, the athletes are in good hands and we wouldn't be playing on a surface that was unfit. Yep. So one day away from the, I guess, the biggest event that you will ever coach at, or not ever coach at, you've probably got bigger <laughs> ones to come, but ever have, is the, the New Year's Day game. And uh, it's an enormous event at the MCG, expecting 80-plus thousand people. Uh, uh, an exciting moment for you? Oh, it's an exciting moment for the players. They're, they're the guys that head out there and, and really soak up that atmosphere. So, you know, a lot of our planning and preparation is done as coaches and, and really handing over the players. But an exciting event to be a part of. And, you know, the Crosstown Rivals, it's grown every year. And, look, hopefully it's bigger and better this year, New Year's Day. Uh, you know, great great initiative. I think it started at 6 o'clock as well, 6.10, so, so a lot more kids can get there. So it all bodes well. The weather looks as though it's going to be OK. Um, yeah, great, great event to be involved in. And, look, it's, it's a big game for both sides. Um, you know, in an eight-game competition, you've got to make sure that you get early wins, and and that's what it's all about tomorrow. Is he's getting there, getting the points, and undoing the stars. We've well, certainly done that. You won from uh, well, you, you're one on one at the moment, so uh, you definitely need to grab some points there. Uh, the lead up in, into it as well with the the women's game um, that must be exciting as well as a crescendo up to the, the I guess the main fixture. Yeah, we had it the other day as well. That um, Eddie had with. Um, the women's uh, BBL team taking on the Scorchers as well. So it's great the double-header, the initiative. I, I mean, the fans can get there early. It sort of takes my mind back to the old um, AFL days when you had the seconds running around as well and you got there <laughs> yeah. and you did your homework on, on who was to come in, in the, you know, further on down the track for your club. But, yeah, it's great. There's a bit of entertainment on there beforehand. Uh, the women's game is improving every year uh, as a spectacle. Uh, the skill level's improving. It's seen great growth in that game. So, um, yeah, I think it's great that they're playing on before the, before, um, the men's. Andrew McDonald's with us, the coach of the Renegades uh, here on Stumps. Uh, Andrew, what's your your plan for Hogg and Noreen? Is it really that those guys just cement those middle orders and, and make it hard for teams to score? Yeah, oh, we've been using Noreen so flexible that he can bowl the first over, he can bowl the 20th over. So we've got a spinner there that can bowl the whole way through the innings. And then with um, Hoggy, we, we see him more probably in those middle overs. Uh, look, he can bowl some later overs depending on the situation of the game. But yeah, we've got the flexibility of Noreen. Uh, all the way through the innings. And then Hogg, obviously, with your stock standard, suppose spinner's role uh, within those middle overs. And, and Finch, he's used them both very well in the first couple of games. And look, we, we dismantled the Thunder and obviously almost defended 149, I think it was the other night. So they're really um, two of our, you know, yeah, the two of our bankers through through those overs. Yeah. In addition to that, you got good skin spin options in, in terms of Cooper as well, who's bowled in your power play in the two games you've played. But also Finchie wasn't wasn't off the mark, and uh, I was really impressed with his courage to bowl that the, the first two balls in that last over at seventy k's an hour, really tossing it up really slow. You know that takes a fair fair bit of courage to do that. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, we're actually sitting on the on the bench thinking, what's he going to do? Is he going to fire it in or is he going to take the pace right off? He had two options. He you know, pulled the right rein at the right time and, and took the game deep. And look, yeah, we, we've got some options there and flexibility. And we've got Cameron White as well uh, there. So we can sort of mix up the spin option. And I think pace off the ball in this tournament has been crucial uh, and key. You've seen a lot of the fast bowlers um, go for some, some high overs. And I think the spin uh, this tournament, everyone's sort of cottoned onto that fact and, and they're sort of gearing up around that. I think 
against the Stars, we'll probably have to prepare ourselves for 10-plus overs of spin with Maxwell, Beer, and obviously Zampa as well. So uh, both sides will probably match up similarly, so it'll um, make the best team win. And I don't suppose last night uh, you missed uh, Lynn belting the ball everywhere, hitting the quicks <laughs> all over the park. Um, I suppose you did also note off 20 balls that he faced of, of spin bowling, he scored 15 runs, the first 20 balls? Yeah. he um, Didn't go well, unnoticed? He, no, it didn't go unnoticed, no. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I didn't watch too much of it, to be honest. I think planning for him is just to don't watch it and we'll, <laughs> yeah. because it's awesome to watch. It, it is a great spectacle when a batter does light it up like he did last night and you feel for the, the quickies in that um, situation. But, yeah, the pace off the ball, um, Linny looks as though he's developed a game plan against them and, obviously, it was one of his deficiencies and now he's just milking them for ones and not taking too many risks. So it's about, I suppose, getting Linny to take a risk against the spinners. But if he's... Yeah, you know, already done the damage with the quicks. You can afford to limp the spinners around, I suppose. Hey, Andrew, big game tomorrow, obviously, against the Stars. 80-plus th- thousand people at the MCG. Going to be massive. Thanks for spending some time with us this afternoon uh, here on Stumps. No, thanks very much for your time, guys. Andrew McDonald, the coach of the Melbourne Renegades, uh, with us, Bryce. Uh, and I tell you what, uh, Brent from St Albans off the SMS uh, says, why doesn't Andrew McDonald take Bravo's spot as the marquee all-rounder? <laughs> well, he could. He'd just slot in himself. doesn't have to be in the salary cap, and away he goes. I think he'd be ready to go, but I don't think his body will be that uh, fired up just, with that. Just four overs. That's all he needs, just to send down. Yeah, and they need his power hitting in the middle order too. I think he'd be a useful replacement. That's not a bad idea. Thanks, Brent. <laughs> what do you think about tomorrow, the Renegades and the Stars? Uh, look, advantage now to the Stars. Yeah. For, for me, definitely uh, the Stars will be on top of that one. Um, yeah, just given that's a huge loss. Dwayne Bravo with the bat. The, the strike, uh, sorry, the um, the Renegades at the moment just lack that power hitter through the middle. And when he came out, um, you know, he, he provided that for them. Yep, certainly did. So maybe the Stars uh, tomorrow, because well, they started the comp so well, the Renegades now with a Bravo injury ruled out for the rest of the tournament. Uh, yeah, going to be tough for the for the Renegades. Of course, there's a doubleheader tomorrow too with the Stars and Renegades, and then we go to Perth for the Perth Scorchers and also the Sydney Thunder. Uh, that game being played at the Wacker too, so a big double uh, header of big basher people just to recover from what could be a dangerous night tonight, depending on how well how serious you take New Year's Eve, Bryce. Well, exactly. Be safe, everyone. Look after each other. But, uh, yeah, you can settle in tomorrow afternoon. And an early start, too, just reminding the people in Melbourne, of course, yes. the early start. It's 6 o'clock, so get there early. There is a game on beforehand, which is the women's BBL game, which is well worth watching uh, the, the world's best uh, players will be involved in that from a female perspective and Meg Lanning's the captain of the Stars yes. of course who is yep. number one in the world certainly is so we're going to get to a break here on Stumps when we come back we're going to go back to 2008 Bryce and relive a test match between Australia and India of course building up to the SCG's test which starts uh, on Tuesday this is Stumps right across Australia Full pitch and bang 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 it's gone you're listening to Stumps Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.